traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because it's even been, it has been illegal for even to, to research cannabis, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I know a few universities may get a pass just so they can do some mild, yeah. you know, research, but yeah. it really hasn't been dug into. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm very passionate about this industry and, uh, you know, I'm really giving it all, um, especially trying to be a industry leader in this field Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know just kind of showing people what i've gone through already um i love to teach so you know um, i'm always here to help others especially wanting to get into the industry whether if it's growing or learning about the product and i think the education is the the real big part of educating others about cannabis and you know hemp and it's how it's had this bad stigma yeah you know and even marijuana back in the 1920s was a negative term for hispanics mm-hmm. you know and and having this social equity is a huge part for us are you looking to buy or sell your home but not quite sure if now is the right time well contact morgan and co and allow them to help you make that decision morgan and co is a leading top producing company in central virginia contact morgan and co today at 804 874 68 06 or anytime day or night at www.morganandcorealty.com. Now back to the episode. Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. And of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today, Anthony Mujeres. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I feel really humbled to come on your show. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Um, you are the owner of multiple businesses. Yeah. The two I'm most familiar with is uh, Signscapes and Old Manchester Hemp Company. Uh-huh. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, your hemp business first, because it's it's different to me. Of Yeah. Uh, so we started the company. Uh, it's been almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, let me kind of back that up. So I'm a veteran. Oh, thank you for your uh, service. Thank you. And you're a veteran as well. I am. Yeah. yeah. So uh, appreciate you for your service as well. And, uh, you know, we both share this commonality of the VA hospital coming out of the military and going mm-hmm. through PTSD and all these other problems that we have coming out of the military. And uh, as a vet, they kind of see you as a person that they can just throw pills at, right? Yeah. So every symptom you have, every problem you have, there's a pill for it. And then you have side effects from these pills, right? So we all have these commonalities as veterans. And what I saw for myself is that I was not myself. Yeah. You know, we, we then become anxious. We become depressed. You know, uh, there was points in my life where I felt suicidal. You know, it was it was a really dark time for myself coming out of the military. Um, and uh, an army buddy recommended that uh, CBD to me. 
Okay. This was about five, six years ago. Um, it's not where it is right now um, as far as CBD. But uh, I started on the tincture and I started a daily regimen. You know, at night, I'd put it underneath my tongue, a couple drops, you know, just kind of seeing where it took me. And, uh, you know, I started to feel a little bit better. I could get full night's sleep. You know, us veterans, like, we just don't sleep. Yeah. You know, we have so much going on in our mind, you know, good and bad. Like, we just... It was hard for me to sleep and even taking the medications, you know, you feel groggy the next day. Like I said, you just don't feel yourself. So after taking this uh, CBD tincture for about a month and a half and then also going to see my psychiatrist and psychologist, you know, I kind of winged myself off of these medications against my doctor's, you know, yeah, will right. and need because like, no, you can't do that. You can't just stop taking it. Um, so, you know, I soon started uh, feeling a whole lot better and winged myself off all these medications that they gave me. So. I continued that path with CBD and uh, was until a couple of years ago, you know, uh, I really wanted to do more research. I kind of saw where Virginia was going with the cannabis um, a few years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they were starting to to making it medical and then kind of going down the path of decrim. Um, so I kind of saw that path and was forecasting this is the industry I want to be in. I don't know how I want to be in there, but I want to be in there. I want yeah. to tell my story, okay. you know? Um, and so, you know, the easiest path for me to do that was to get into the hemp industry. I learned about how I could get a license through the Department of Agriculture, applied for the license, uh, found me a facility, and I don't know anything about growing. Uh, I really didn't know too much about cannabis. Well, I don't know a whole lot either. You mentioned a, a few terms that I'm not too familiar with. Right. So I've heard of CBD, uh-huh. but you mentioned CBD. And then you mentioned tincture or tincture. Tincture. Yep. So tincture is just basically a liquid form of CBD. Okay. Um, so they basically uh, process the plant down from the flower, the stems, the leaves, and they make it into a distillate, which is kind of almost a gelatinous, hard, sticky form. Okay. And then they add some either some sort of ethanol or either a food grade alcohol into it to kind of process it down a little bit further mm-hmm. so we can take orally. Um, oh. And then they can make it into edibles and vape carts and all this other stuff. And there's a there's a stronger benefit or more potency by taking it as a tincture or? Yes, rather than smoking. Okay. So, so the terms, cannabis is kind of the top term that covers CBD and marijuana. Mm. Uh, marijuana is uh, smokable where you can get high. Um, you can, you know, eat the edibles. That's where you get high. Yeah. The marijuana. Mm. CBD is the hemp form of it, of cannabis. Um, and you don't get high. It gives you all the medicinal benefits like cannabis does or marijuana does. It's just that you don't get high. Um, you have some mental alteration. You know, you'll feel a little groggy. Mm. Um, you know, you, you'll just feel a little bit more relaxed, but you won't feel high. Okay. Um, but I kind of saw where all this is going. I applied for all the licenses and, uh, you know, I, I, I found some good growers, um, that were not from the state of Virginia and, uh, they came and joined the team and we kind of figured out a plan and we just started growing. Well, that was probably key, right? Because, uh, Virginia would have been so new. And like you said, the industry was just changing here or just evolving. So maybe finding growers that were maybe further, closer to the West Coast that right. may have that experience. Yeah. Did you have to bring them out here or did they come here and train your, your staff? Or it how, was, how it was by chance that I found them out here. They they just moved out here oh, okay. uh, from Maine. Um, and uh, um, his name is Cody Anderson. He's a part of Normal 
Um, he's my he's our master grower. He trains a lot of people on growing. I've done a lot with normal. Um, yeah, so Cody Anderson's a part of them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it was just by by chance that we met, mm-hmm. and it really was. Uh, we met through a mutual friend, and uh, he joined the team. And uh, by him joining the team, it, it definitely helped me gain a path of what I wanted to do exactly in this industry. Um, so we've been growing for over a year and a half. Um, what we specialize is in growing exotic hemp, uh, smokable flower. So, exotic hemp. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it pretty much looks like some of the best cannabis that you'll find on the market. Uh-huh. Looks exactly, smells exactly. Does it still bud and flower even yep. though it's hemp? Okay. Everything the same. Right. Everything the same. The only difference is the amount of THC that's in there okay. on the plant. So, by law, we can only have up to 0.3% THC. Okay. In the plant, um, anything over that is considered marijuana, okay. uh, which would be illegal federally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we grow. Um, that's what we wanted to specialize in. Nobody was really in that market of growing that type of hemp and mm-hmm. CBD, having good smokable flour. Everybody's kind of more concentrated into the tinctures, the edibles, the, you know, the uh, lotions, soaps, all that kind of stuff. Okay. You know, we wanted to focus more on a dispensary feel and finding the best of the best as far as flour and smokable hemp. All right. Uh, what was the process like get, getting through licensure? I know um, both of us coming from the government world, uh, the red tape and the regulations yeah. can be a headache. What was it? Was um, it the better better experience with this one? It wasn't too bad because there wasn't a lot of people applying for the license at that time. It was a very new program Uh that they just put out. Um, They wanted to kind of test uh, this program out to kind of lead into the cannabis um, and just kind of see what growers were able to grow. Um, It it was a test pilot program. That's what it basically was through the Department of Agriculture. Uh Um, And you could apply for the license, which wasn't a difficult process. It was just a couple forms you had to fill out and, uh, you know, just turn it in and pay your fee for the for the license. And that was pretty much about it. Okay. So they made it pretty seamless. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit difficult now because now that everybody is wanting to go for a cannabis license, mm-hmm. you know, they're wanting to grow. So there is a backlog of people trying to apply for the license right now. Yeah. What uh, what medium are you growing in? Are, do you have farmland? Or I saw some videos which you, you know, in a warehouse or a room. Yeah. So is it all indoor grow? It's all indoor grow. Uh, we do a little, it's called a hydro soil. So it's a bit of just hydroponics and soil. Okay. Um, so we have a mixture of both. Um, that's what we felt was best for our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about Virginia is that it's one of the worst states to grow in outdoors. Um, and the reason is because we have a lot of rainfall. Mm-hmm. Um, we have hurricanes sometimes. Yeah. The temperatures are fluctuating tremendously. Yeah. Uh, so that leads into a lot of issues with your plant finding mold, um, pests like mites and uh, caterpillars and all that stuff. Like okay. It just kind of kills your plant. So, yeah. you know, growing outdoors is very difficult if you're trying to grow marijuana or cannabis. Now, if you're trying to grow industrial hemp, mm-hmm. you know, for processing of tinctures or either, um, you know, clothing or any type of textile. Yeah, sure. Virginia, you can grow in. And actually, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. So yeah. Virginia was one of the very first states to grow hemp. Really? Um, and it was by law that you had to grow hemp uh, on, on your farmland. Okay. Uh, so this was back in the 1800s. So we were one of the very first states to grow hemp. Okay. And then it kind of evolved into cannabis later on but we were mostly growing hemp for the textile because that's what it was good for i kind of i know the weather changes so much i mean even yeah. the other day it was 70 something degrees yeah. and now it's 50 something yeah. but 
I would assume with Virginia being so big in tobacco that it would have actually been a good environment for growing up. No, it's cannabis. good for like fruits, like wine, tobacco, okay. because all the water that comes here, mm-hmm. cannabis is, that's not what you want. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it leads into a difficult task of growing, uh, if growing cannabis outside or a good smokable hemp. Okay. Um, so yeah, we grow inside. Uh, we have a 5,000 square foot facility and we use every inch of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you said you started out with this being kind of a filling a personal gap for you. Yeah. So it, it helped you transition, uh, you know, for some medical purposes. I had the same thing. So I kind of struggled because, you know, it, it was frowned upon until just recently. Right. right. Maybe a year or two years yeah. ago. And so especially with employment, it's hard to maintain yeah. employment, but you need your medicine. So a few years ago, I had a uh, medicinal medicinal card, which allowed me to use this as medicine. I did the same thing, weaned myself off of some prescription, you know, drugs and things like that. But I still have some of those that I have to Mm -hmm. maintain using. But um, I I definitely relate to to the reason why you had to uh, get into that and get that started. But I appreciate you taking the the leap and pioneering it for not only myself, but, you know, Virginians. And really, it's the it's the first Virginia is the first state in the South. Yeah. So, and you're one of the first in Virginia, so you're a true pioneer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I definitely wanted to lead the industry um, because I felt so passionate in how it changed my life. Yeah. And I wanted to tell my story. Uh, very early on in entrepreneurship, uh, a friend of mine, he's he's a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, I said, what what laid, led you to success? You know, what's the key thing that led you to success? He's like, I told my story. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, man, that hit me pretty deep. Yeah. I was like, well, how do I tell my story? Yeah. Like, I don't have a story to tell. But then I had to kind of figure that out. What was my story? You know, and going okay. through these trials and tribulations in life, you mm. know, being a veteran. So, you know, that's where it's kind of leading me to telling my story as far as being a veteran um, and how cannabis and hemp have, you know, pretty much saved my life. Um, mm. And it's a holistic healing. You don't, you, we don't need all these pharmaceuticals that yeah. the VA or the doctors try to prescribe us. There's a whole set of uh, medicines that are healthy out there for us and organic. Um, and we're just kind of tapping the industry, uh, which is good and bad for us. You know, our, our kids and our grandkids will definitely benefit of what's happening now mm-hmm. because there's not enough research out there. We're just kind of like barely tapping the top about cannabis. Okay. Um, and, you know, now that it's hopefully soon it'll be federally legal, all this money will come in so they can start doing these researches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, it's even been, it has been illegal for even to, to research cannabis. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I know a few universities may get a pass just so they can do some mild, yeah. you know, research, but yeah. it really hasn't been dug into. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm very passionate about this industry and, uh, you know, I'm really giving it all, um, especially trying to be a industry leader in this field mm-hmm. um and uh, you know just kind of showing people what i've gone through already um i love to teach so okay. you know um, i'm always here to help others especially wanting to get into the in- industry whether if it's growing or learning about the product yeah. and i think the education is the the real big part of educating others about cannabis and you know, hemp and it's how it's had this bad stigma, Yeah. you know, and even marijuana back in the 1920s was a negative term for Hispanics, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 
having this social equity is a huge part for us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, for, for blacks and Hispanics, because it was this negative thing, you know, and that's how they made it all illegal. It was centered around us, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of us are being arrested for, for this plant. Yeah. You know, there's people that have done years and years and years for this plant, you know, which which is really crazy and just mind boggling. And so now that they're kind of opening up, like I want to normalize it. You know, I want it to be okay. Like if you're drinking a beer, you can smoke a joint. Like what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, alcohol is, you know, more dangerous than cannabis. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have all these other problems, you know, and I've dealt with alcohol, you know, especially being in the military. Right. Mm -hmm. That was a a thing. A common thing. A common thing. You know, every weekend we binge drink. Right. You know, it, it was a common thing. And so. You know, now that I'm older, like I can't do any of that stuff, you know, especially drinking and driving, you know, that's even way crazier. So, you know, I really want to put my foot forward and being an industry leader in in this industry and also trying to normalize it and educating the uh, the people because there's still this bad stigma about cannabis. Like, oh, you smoke cannabis? That's bad. You know why it's bad? What? Yeah. Tell me why you think it's bad. Well, because they told us. That's what they've been sold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what they told us. Well, who? (laughs) <laughs> them. them. What did they? Them. What did they? Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, and, and coming on these uh, on these talk shows, and especially sitting here with you, mm-hmm. to be having a platform to be able to tell my story and and talk about like where Virginia is going, and also educating others about cannabis. So I really appreciate coming on here. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that you had a, a mentor, whether he was a close friend or not, but somebody that. Help guide you a little bit. Yeah. Um, was was he the only mentor that you had? I'm quite sure you had several growing up, right? Yeah. So uh, it was. It's kind of funny that you talk about it. So I really didn't have a lot of mentors. Uh, <laughs> you know, going through you know my life, and uh, you know, of course, I had my parents. Uh, you know, and my grandfather. You know, those were all like personal mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as business mentors, I, you know, it was all through trials and tribulations. Really, you know, I could reach out to a couple people and ask for advice, but it was just basically just me bulldozing and just kind of figuring it out. Yeah. What, what gave you like the, the gumption or the courage to just go for it and figure it out? I had nothing to lose. Man. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? Like, like what, like I've already been down in the depths, you know? Yeah. I want to take my life. You can't get any lower than that, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, and fortunately I haven't been to jail or, you know, haven't done time, you know? So, you know, for me, that was to me, my lowest, like I've lost everything. Like I've had nothing, mm-hmm. you know, the only thing I had was just a roof over my head and, you know, no furniture, no nothing stuff on the floor, you know, had my kids sleep on an air mattress. So I've literally like had nothing, you know, in my life. So I'm like, what do I have to lose? Like I have nothing. So that's kind of where like, it's helped me make those jumps and being, having that courage to, to go forward, you know, in any type of business venture, I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? That's incredible, man. It's almost like a superpower because people sometimes you, you get to a point where you have so much and, and you almost become bound to either a job or whatever it is. You can't live your life and pursue your dreams because you're stuck thinking what's going to happen if I lose this. Yeah. Like you couldn't get another job. Yeah, right? right. But but without having anything, man, I never even really. Yeah. Looked at that perspective. Yeah. And I, I've had the nine to fives, you know, and I've wor- worked with, uh, you know, plenty of other companies before coming an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, you know, it was 
you have so much time and people don't think they have enough time, right? Mm -hmm. So when they add something else, they're like, oh, I still don't have enough time. And they add something else and then, mm -hmm. oh, I don't. But you have all this time to pursue anything that you really want to do. And, you know, of course, you can work your nine to five after your nine to five. You work your side hustle, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you get your little bit of sleep, do it all over again, yeah. you know, until you start building yourself up into making that leap. Um, but, you know, that's what I had to do, you know, try to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in life, you know, working these other companies, I, did, I, I wasn't born to be an entrepreneur. It's not like I was a kid and said, I want to be an entrepreneur when I grew up. Yeah. I just fell into it, uh -huh. you know, because I lost everything. I was like, I have nothing else to, to lose. Like, let me start. Let me see what happens. Okay. So, uh, you know, I've had plenty of businesses throughout my life. You know, uh, a lot of them have failed. Mm -hmm. um, some of them were very successful. Some of them I sold. So, yeah, I've kind of been through all of it through these entrepreneur life mm -hmm. and it really is a life that i've lived you know it wasn't a trend it wasn't that i wanted to be cool saying that i owned a business like this was my life this had to support me and my kids so mm -hmm. you know it, it was a lifestyle that i live and i still continue to live yeah hey i hope you're enjoying the episode i hate to interrupt but i had to tell you about a community that i'm a part of it's called the morning meetup it's where hundreds of entrepreneurs gather every single morning Look, we share ideas, we motivate each other, we share our successes. It's the perfect environment for you to not only grow as an individual, but as an entrepreneur. It's hosted by my mentor, David Shands. It's every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. It's no better way to start your day. Look, we've got a book club. Imagine hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the exact same book on the exact same chapter, you get to discuss that book and share your thoughts. It's very motivating. It empowers you. and You're ready to start your day. You get all of that for only $1. After that, it goes to $79 a month. I have no doubts that you're going to want to stay and be a part of this community. Look, I'm there every single morning, 8 a.m. The only thing we're missing is you. The link is in the description. Go ahead, click the link, try it out, join the community. Look forward to seeing you in the morning. The, the businesses that I know of, um, like Signscapes and, and Old Manchester are very successful businesses. So somebody who's looking from the outside in, they say, man, this guy's got it all together. He's always been successful. But you mentioned that you've had businesses that have actually failed. Yeah. Do, do you remember what your first business was? Yeah. So um, I started a food delivery service. This is before Uber Eats and DoorDash. And DoorDash. <laughs> yep. Before then, uh, it was my first business. It was called The Delivery Doctor. And uh, after I think about the name, I'm like, well, it sounds like a doctor who goes in and helps, you know, deliver kids. Okay. Yeah, but I came up with the name because, you know, me being a medic in the military, and, okay. you know, everybody called you doc. And so, uh, you know, I, I delivered food from restaurants that didn't deliver. And it was a concept that was really foreign to a lot of people at that time. Uh, it was mostly the tri-cities like Fort Lee, Chester, you know, that little area. And I would just go to the restaurants like... TGI Fridays, uh, you know, um, who else did I have? Outback, Red Lobster, you know, and I would go in there and I said, look, I'll deliver your food for free. Just tell the people about me. And they're like, what? What? They're like, you won't charge us? I'm like, no, I charge the customers. Uh -huh. And they're like, well, how much do you charge? I said, well, well, if it's in a certain radius, anywhere from five to 10 bucks. Okay. And they're like, okay. So, you know, they started putting it on their menus. And then when customers call in for the order, they're like, well, we can deliver it for you, too. Yeah. And they would just get my number. And it re went really well. It went better than I expected. But me being an early entrepreneur, I didn't know how to manage all that. Um, and it became so much that 
it was too much for me to handle. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I was getting calls at all certain points of the night during the day. <laughs> like I didn't really know how to manage all that. Did it grow um, outside of you or was it a one man show or no, I hired a couple other people. Mm-hmm. Had about towards the end, I had about three to four people working for me. Yeah. Um, but then even then, like I just didn't know how to manage any of that. Okay. Um, and you know that's when gas prices jumped up, and it was just becoming too much. I wasn't making enough money mm-hmm. uh, for me to deliver, and I felt bad charging more than that. Yeah. You know, and that's where you kind of get your feelings mixed into business. You know, and so I just kind of closed it down, and I was just like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that was my first business and, uh, you know, it taught me a lot. Uh, it taught me how to lose, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, it definitely taught me how to deal with customer service and being, having enough courage to go into some of these businesses and, you know, tell about my business mm-hmm. and, uh, forming connections. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, it just showed me that there's so much to learn and inside the entrepreneurial world. Like I thought I had her figured out, like opening my first business. I was like, yeah, I know everything. This will work, <laughs> you know, this and this. And I'm like, damn, like none of this worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all my business plan was out the door, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, it helped me go through those, those trials and tribulations. Yeah. So yeah, that was my very first business. But you knew still you had the drive in you for entrepreneurship like that. Even though you had a setback, it wasn't going to be the end all. You wasn't going to give up. No. Yeah. Um, I, knew, I knew I wanted to to make the next business move, uh, you know, and um, I didn't know what that was. I just had to search to figure out what that next business move was going to be. Um, until then, I kept odd jobs, hmm. you know, just kept moving. Uh, but in that time, I was just educating myself and kind of seeing what's the hot new business coming up and reading these entrepreneur magazines. Okay. You know, I was reading those all the time. They would come out and just try to figure out, OK, what's what's the next thing for me? Um, so, you know, that's kind of where it kind of led me into opening a business and then opening another business and just kind of opening these multiple businesses and just trying them all out and figure what worked. Was it the best strategy? Probably not okay. uh, as, as far as a businessman. But it was at least trying yeah. and seeing what worked. You know, a lot of people kind of get tunnel vision and just stay in one thing. Mm-hmm. And then that, that would be it. But or they never start. They're trying to get to perfection. You right. can't get to a level of perfection. You just yeah. got to yeah. learn as you go. And yeah. Yeah. Jump so for me, it was just kind of doing those, you know, having those different types of ventures and just trying them all out and seeing what worked for me. Yeah. Was the, was the military anything that played a part in you being an entrepreneur as far as, I mean, in the military, um, I mean, you've got things like being away from your family, right? Yeah. So then you transition that to entrepreneurship, and it's like I don't mind working a few long hours. Right. At least I'm not gone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things like that. Any of that? Play, yeah. Play a part. For um, you? I think, uh, of course, the military. Uh, I think they make excellent entrepreneurs. Hmm. Um, you know, one is being able to uh, handle tasks under pressure. Um, that's a big part of entrepreneurship. Um, is dealing with pressure and how and how to deal with it. Uh, we deal with it by compartment. What do we say? Carpet, carpet, carpartmentalizing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and just kind of saying, "Oh, that happened. Okay, whatever. We'll just put it here. Just keep going." Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, dealing with pressure. Um, they also help us form as good leaders. Um, how to be able to talk to somebody. How to have that self confidence. Mm. Um, and you know, sometimes us as 
military, we kind of lose that when we kind of get out of the military because we're kind of lost because we don't have no direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just trying to figure out what that direction is. Um, but, you know, the military helped me form that. I knew I had it in me. I just had to bring it back out okay. and try to figure out what that form was for me that mm-hmm. worked for me. Um, and then also, you know, your policies and procedures, you know, we call them SOPs or whatever we had as far as the military. You know, you have all these standards that you had to keep up with and being organized, um, you know, that helped me. Not all the military are organized, but for me, it helped me being organized. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can take the good from it, yeah. you know, even though everything may not have worked perfectly, yeah. but you right. can you yeah. know, pick that and say, hey, I'm going to use this to help yeah. improve my business. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely... Uh, uh, you know, the military kind of shows you there is no such thing as work-life balance, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you're gone a lot of times, mm-hmm. you're on the field a lot of times, and, you know, you get little time with your family. Um, you know, me having to go be with a rapid deployment unit for my first four years, I was never home. You know, I was always in the field or I was gone somewhere, yeah. you know, and, uh, and you know, just kind of being away from family. So, you know transitioning that into entrepreneurship, you know, that you're, like you said, you're going to have those long nights, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to work weekends, you know, you're just, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And, but you're used to it because you know, that's your job. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I took away from the military that helped me transition to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's good. And, um, so you had a business or several that may have, you know, went through some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And then at, at what point did you get to what you would call a successful business? I'd probably say it wasn't until by, I, for me, the success was not being able to um, work for my business. So okay. every entrepreneur, when they first start off, they're working for the business. They're an employee mm-hmm. of their business, right? Yeah. Um, once you transition to that, to me, I think you're still a entrepreneur. To me, I think you're still a entrepreneur. You're starting to still trying to make that leap. And once you make that leap into a, a true entrepreneur, in my definition, is mm-hmm. where you no longer work for your business, but your business works for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for me, I have mm-hmm. employees who can run my business at Signscapes. I can step away for a month. You know, they'll call me for some problems here and there, but it's not like I have to be there every single day. If I wanted to sell my business, I could sell my business and it doesn't have to be tied to me. Um, So making that transition was for me was my success. So, you know, I think that was probably about maybe five, six years ago um, when I had a smaller sign company and I ended up buying Signscapes. You know, that was kind of my goal was to not work for my business anymore. Um, because it's, to me, it sucked. Yeah. Like I was still working all the time. Uh-huh. And if I didn't work, I wasn't making money. And I didn't like that concept. Right. I was like, how are these other people <laughs> being able to take these vacations and still make money? You know, they sleep and still make money. And I wasn't doing that. Like I had to physically work every single day in order for me to make money. And I, that concept was like, I needed to make that next leap. Uh-huh. So that was really important for me. And, um, you know, buying signscapes was, I saw my ticket to be, you know, where I didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. But that kind of, in my mind, goes back to somewhat of the military. And like you were mentioning the SOPs and policies. Yeah. Once you've got a good system in place and the way the military is structured is if, if somebody in a higher chain of command has to leave for whatever reason, yeah. then the next person should be able to step up and right. fulfill that role. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the same, yep. same model. Yeah. And I know, um, that's not a lot of people's definition of success, 
but I'm, I'm going to adopt that yeah. because you're, you're really, like you said, not at the level of success or entrepreneurship until you can, it's not tied to solely you yeah. until you're affecting, you know, other people's lives and, mm-hmm. and they can step in and help you yeah. run it and grow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge part as, as far as for me as my definition of success, everybody has a different definition yeah. of success. It could be money. It could be, you know, a house. It could be family. It could be about working a nine to five, uh-huh. you know, making 30,000, but they come home and they're happy, but they get to that work-life balance, their talking. work-life balance. Yeah. That's their, their happiness. That's their success. Everybody has their different success. So my success may not be your success or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just figuring out what your success is and just kind of going for that goal. Um, and I, I think I, I've kind of done a good job of figuring out what my goals are every single year and accomplishing those um, and uh, taking it to the next level every year. Yeah. How do you set those goals? Do you, are, you, are you the type that does a uh, New Year's resolution or you say, OK, I'm not worried about January, but I just know, you know, sometime within this year, still a calendar year, right? I'm going to set these goals to hit a certain target next year. Yeah, for me, it's pretty much a calendar year. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, I think one of my goals last year was I wanted to profit 250000 out of Science Games. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the beginning of the year, I wrote that on my marker board right beside my desk. And, you know, every day I would look at it. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of idle. What do I need to get there? Okay. You know, do I need to make more sales calls? Do I need to be out there more? Do I need to talk to the crew a little bit more to amp it up? So, you know, that was kind of one of my goals. Um, one of my kind of like one of the life goals that I set maybe about probably seven, eight years ago, I always wanted to do better than I did last year. So it doesn't yeah. matter if it's financially mentally, physically, but it was something I had to do. And I, at the end of the year, I wanted to look back and say, did I do better than last year? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a thing that I started, you know, seven years ago. And every year it's it's worked for me. And, uh, you know, I, I try to do as much as possible, whether if it's for the community, um, whether if it's for myself, for my family, yeah. you know, I try to accomplish some sort of goals. But yeah, I, I stay mentally on goals, whether I usually keep a monthly goal of what something I want to do. That's awesome. Uh, Whether it's for myself, for my business, something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I have a year in goal where I want to, to accomplish. Yeah. Continue progressing and you got to have a target or you're just going to be blindly just shooting in the dark and who knows what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's your, what's your family makeup like? Um, so I mean, kids, wife. I, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so You're like I got a cousin, a grandma. No, I'm just talking about immediate family. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I have two kids, uh-huh. uh, son and daughter. My son is uh, 12. Um, my daughter is uh, 15. Okay. Um, and uh, Addison and Avery, and I do have a girlfriend. We've been together for almost six, well, a little over six years. Okay. Um, but. Uh, and then I have two dogs, and uh, we have some skinny pigs, and some guinea pigs, and some hedgehogs. So we have a little little farm in our house. But uh, yeah, that's kind of our family makeup. Um, uh, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm I'm very dedicated into being a great father. Um, you know, very early on, I didn't have any father figure. Um, and, uh, and my stepdad came into my life till about twelve, nine, twelve. Well, it was about. 10 that he came into my life and he's, he was a great role model into my life, uh, educated, you know, he worked for the government and, uh, you know, uh, 
but very early on, I didn't really have much of a father figure. Yeah. So it was really important for me to be there for my kids no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my top priority no matter what. Yeah. I kind of gathered that uh, family was important to you. That's why I asked that because you mentioned a couple of times work-life balance. Yeah. And typically, unless you have something to come home to, that's really not important to you. You might turn into a workaholic or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Are your kids involved in your business? Do they? All of them. They, yeah. Every single business I've had, they've always been involved. And, uh, you know, I educate them what I do and what's going on. And, uh, you know, uh, just recently, like, my kids uh, really got into the hemp industry and learning about it. Mm-hmm. And my daughter will tell you what hemp is and tell you what the terpenes does. And, you know, when it started, like, she's she's just very smart and she absorbs everything. So I want to make sure that my kids are educated about it, too, because I don't, like I said, it, cannabis has this bad stigma. Yeah. And me wanting to be an industry leader, like I'm going to be putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. So when I put myself out there, I don't want a bad stigma to be attached to me. I want my kids to already be educated. So no, you know, that's not what my that's dad does. This is what he does. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, I want them to educate other people as well. You know, other kids, you know, when I roll up in my old Manchester vehicle <laughs> and I got like hemp leaves on the side of it, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, he's got weed vehicle. And yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah. Um yeah, it's very important that uh, for me to involve, uh, you know, my family in anything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also opens up their world as well. Absolutely. Um, educates yeah. them about entrepreneurship, whether my kids want to be an entrepreneur or not. You know, I don't really push that on them. Um, but I definitely educate them on everything I do. I like them to be involved. Yeah, at least their eyes are open and they know there's a possibility. Like you said, when you were younger, you didn't even know entrepreneurship was a was a on the checklist, yeah. right? Something yeah. that you could achieve. Yeah. But they're seeing that at. You know, like you said, 12 and 15, so, right. or right. maybe even younger, really, yeah. if you've had other yeah. businesses. Yeah. So they're growing up in that. Yeah. Yeah. And they've seen my struggles, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and I remind them, you know, to, to be humble. Like, you know, we don't ever have to want for anything now. But, you know, I remind them of our struggles. You know, we had to sleep on an air mattress like they slept on an air mattress. I slept on the floor. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, do y'all guys remember that? And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to remember that because we're, you know, you can't forget where you came from. You know, the struggles that I had to go through mm-hmm. and what I had to do to get us to here. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's it's very like I said, it's my kids are very important to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, the businesses are going great. Your family's going great. Do you have any idea of, well, you're a goal setter, so I know you've got some idea, yeah. but where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Um, next couple of years, we definitely want to expand into getting the cannabis license. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, my exit strat, well, I don't really want to discuss my exit strat, but, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, I kind of foresee myself as an industry leader here in Virginia, um, especially in the cannabis industry. Uh, I, I'm, like I said, I'm really passionate about that. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a couple locations and grow facilities. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as that industry, as far as Scienscapes, you know, we still keep plugging away. I, I love that industry. We do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy where we're at. You know, I'm happy where we're just kind of in that plateau. Um, mm-hmm. My employees are happy. We, we do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just kind of staying that that balance. You know, I would like to retire here in the next five years. Yeah. So that's kind of my yeah. goal. Um I started that goal two years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the, the goal is. To Wait, you started it two years ago. So you got three years left to retire or five years from now. Five years. So from it was now. a seven year yeah, more yeah, like, yeah, yeah, OK, yeah. I just want to see how much time yeah. I had. Yeah. 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 
so I'll be 41 uh, on the 24th. So I wanted right. to at least by 46 to to kind of just say, okay, that's a good. Uh, well, I'm yeah. done. You know, trying to have all the stuff on my plate. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to step back and let everything run on its own. Yeah. So I want to tell you personally, I've I've worked with Signscapes, you know, several times in the uh-huh. past, and they're always professional, outstanding work, great quality. Um, I've even had them do some stuff for me, some projects that didn't quite come out right mm-hmm. that I was willing to just be like, well, it's not great, but okay. Right. They on their own was like, no, this isn't, this isn't the standard, you know, yeah. they fixed it. Yeah. So awesome group, awesome company. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, I wish you the best. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the compliments. Um, you know, we work very hard to, to be in the best of the best and offering great customer service and quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, lead that into anything I do. That's very important to make my customers happy, no matter what it is. Um, sometimes the customers are not right. Yeah. Um, but I help educate them and guide them into what is good quality. Um, and, uh, you know, and I appreciate this opportunity coming on here and talking with you, giving a platform for us to discuss uh, what's going on in the industry um, and just kind of educating a little bit about what, what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm here to help anybody so they can find my companies on social media. So Sciencecapes has Facebook, Instagram, um, also richmondsciencecapes.com. Um, and then Old Manchester Hemp uh, is oldmanchesterhemp.co. And then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then for myself, you can contact either one of those companies okay. and, you know, get a hold of me from there. But yeah, I'm willing right. to help anybody who's interested in, in jumping into one, either being an entrepreneur or either two, you know, wanting to get into the industry, whether if it's science, physical um, branding or either the cannabis industry. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll definitely make sure I put all the contact information for both companies, you know, in the descriptions and things like that. And um, uh, I hope as many people as possible come and support your business because both of them are phenomenal. And again, I love what you're doing also with um, pioneering and setting the standard for the industry because it's helped me myself. Um, It's also helped other family members. So I know firsthand, uh, you know, what it can do for people. And I I appreciate you stepping out and doing it. Yeah, thank you. And I'm quite sure it's not all fun and games. I'm I'm sure you get (laughs) some slack from certain people and, you know, whatever. So I appreciate you, you know, taking the brunt of that for for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it can get difficult, Mm -hmm. but uh, this is the chat. This is the path that I'm choosing. And I understand that, uh, you know, it may be tough and it's all not daisies and dandelions, you know, so, and I've already been through it. And like I said, like, how worse can it get? You know, I've already been there. So, um, this is kind of uh, a great opportunity for myself and I really enjoy it. I love what I do. Yeah. And I think that's the important part. It helps you go through the, the good and bads is just loving what you do. Awesome. Well, there's something I like to do is the success leads clues podcast. So I like to point out a few clues that, that I noticed, um, that can help either myself or viewers or anybody um, get to success. And um, a couple of things that I noticed is one, your superpower, which is uh, not being afraid you know, to go back to nothing. And I think that's important for a lot of people who are in a current situation where they don't have a lot of resources right. and they feel like that's a negative and they feel like they can't move forward because they don't have either the, the, the finances or the support team. Right. And, you know, somebody like yourself had neither and, and was still able to push forward and, and be successful. 
Um, you know, you found yourself a mentor, you know, whether it was a friend, whether it was a family member, anything, but you found a mentor who was doing better than you and you were able to follow and, and take some advice and some notes from right. them. And then um, the other thing I kind of noticed is that uh, you're a goal setter. So you don't just live, you know, haphazardly. You, right. you set goals and then you, you want to continue to improve and update yourself, whether it's you know, personal spiritually or, or whatever. And so I think that's, you know, some good things to take away that, you know, can help other people just, you know, emulate that and be successful as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think those, uh, those are great clues. <laughs> um, sometimes ourselves, we don't see that yeah. as being entrepreneurs. We just know how to do it. Yeah. We just keep going forward. You're in the day to day, day to day. Exactly. And you don't really see that. And, uh, you know, sometimes we got to take a step back and just kind of analyze everything we got around us and, um, you know, just kind of see how good we have it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thank you again. And I just want to remind everybody, if you can dream it, you can achieve it until the next time on success leaves clues podcast. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.